the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. We're hearing it all over the globe. America is back. And it's, uh, it's about time, and it's just in time, because things are really degrading fast out there. Let's talk about this and, and many other things. Retired Brigadier General Tony Tata. He served in the United States Army for 28 years before retiring in 2009. His latest combat tour was in Afghanistan in 2007, where he earned the Combat Action Badge and Bronze Star Medal. He's a national best-selling author of several books. His latest is Three Minutes to Midnight. Uh, General Tato, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Sir, can you hear me? I can, yes, now. Hey, Gen- uh, General, I am glad, uh, glad to have you here, sir. Uh, first off, let's, let's start off what David Ignatius was talking about in, in the Middle East and the effort against ISIS. Uh, there seems to be success, success after success in ISIS, and many are crediting Donald Trump's uh, getting out of the way of, of his generals, letting his generals and those on the ground make the calls, whereas in the last administration they were micromanaged, not me saying it, this was even uh, guys like Leon Panetta saying they were micromanaged to death from uh, political bureaucrats inside of the, uh, inside of the West Wing. Uh, do you think this is a, a good move by the president and that's why we're seeing success? Uh, Chris, you're exactly right. I, I think that uh, you know, President Obama was um, an extreme micromanager. Ash Carter uh, was a policy wonk from Harvard, knew nothing about combat or war fighting. And, and so what we've got now is guys like Mattis and uh, McMaster in their advising President Trump. And President Trump's a, a leader that, uh, you know, uh, divests and, and uh, delegates power. Uh, to the people that are closest to the action. And that's when you get the best results. We have very, very good leadership in the military today on the ground prosecuting these wars. And by loosening the rules of engagement, and for example, even in Afghanistan, General McNicholson was able to drop you know, the largest non-nuclear bomb in our arsenal, uh, essentially. So massive ordnance airburst um, bomb. And uh, a few months ago, it made big news when he did that uh, on in Tora Bora Mountains on ISIS hideouts there in Afghanistan. And the same thing we're seeing here, you know, that ever since January 20th, the uh, fight in Mosul and Raqqa um, has accelerated. And uh, also notice that uh, we are in Syria with boots on the ground fighting ISIS. It's it's sort of gone under the radar a little bit, and I think the mainstream media doesn't want to give President Trump uh, credit for any of the success. But, uh, the, you know, we have al-Baghdadi on the run. Uh, we are uh, reclaiming terrain that we had won during the Iraq war and uh, under Obama's watch then lost to ISIS when he – when he called them the junior varsity, and and now we have reclaimed it again, and yeah. and uh, or or in the process. So yes, uh, absolutely, leadership makes a difference. Uh, president Obama was the most incompetent uh, foreign policy president in the history of the United States, and and uh, we have paid a dear price for his utter lack of interest and pure incompetence in foreign policy. Oh yeah, indeed, and he surrounded himself with a whole bunch of 
of politicos uh, and a bunch of weasels, Democrat and liberal weasels, whose main objective wasn't to win military objectives. Their main objective was to play politics and use the fighting men and women of the United States military as political pawns. And they were, it got so bad, uh, General, we all heard the stories, that, uh, that administration officials were calling up generals on the battlefield and wondering, gee, that might not play well in the press and trying to get them to change their battle tactics so it could fit some stupid political narrative, their left-wing uh, political narrative back home. Let's switch, if we can, uh, to what's going on in North Korea. I've heard it often said, General, there, there are no good solutions here. Where do you see the situation with Kim jong uh, uh, Kim Jong-un going? Well, you know, what I see, Chris, right now is the, the big thing that sort of has the <clears throat> any response or deterrent option that we use uh, checkmated a little bit is that North Korea's um, center gravity is their artillery, their non-nuclear artillery. They have very, very good conventional Artillery. These are uh, Russian-style long-range artillery that can shoot for several miles, uh, high-explosive 155, 185 projectiles uh, that are, you know, have you know 100-meter blast radius, and and they have thousands of these pieces. Uh, I want to say four to five thousand artillery pieces in their inventory. Several thousand of those are on the border and can raid Seoul, Korea, with 10 to 15 to 20 million people, depending upon which artillery weapon we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So anything that we do, uh, all they've got to do is pull the lanyard one time on all these artillery pieces, and a lot happens in Seoul that's not good. Death, destruction, tens of thousands of people will be um, hurt and killed in the first salvo. And so... Uh, anything that we do that would trigger them pulling those lanyards uh, is is uh, you know not good for the economy, the people, or anything of South Korea, which is not good for the world. Uh, thinking in macro terms, you're, you've got Japan, South Korea, and China, three of the world's largest um, economic drivers, right there. So there's yeah. a lot hang, hanging in the balance here. Well, General, I've only got about right. I've only got about thirty seconds here before the bottom of the hour uh, update here. So sure. let me just ask you really quickly about China because you mentioned them. Are they a friend or foe in this regard? Because they don't seem to be behaving like grownups in all of this. No, I, I don't. I don't think they're a friend at all. I think what they are is a geopolitical player that's going to um, serve their best interests. And if you noticed on the G twenty meeting, uh, President Xi is meeting with Putin before Putin meets with. Um, Trump. So that's, that's, um, you know, this is high stakes poker going on right now. And Russia and China, uh, their gambit has been to um, broker a deal with North Korea. North Korea will stop testing if America gets its troops out of the Korean, Korean Peninsula and quits its military exercises. Well, that's Russia and China serving their interests to diminish American power in that region. So I think they're going to be serving their own interests. General, I think you're at your spot on about that. Retired Brigadier General Tony Tata, everybody. The book, the name of it is called Three Minutes to Midnight. Pick it up. Sir, we'll get you back on. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Great, Chris. Thank you.